40 nights. I want to say a few things and then, hey. What the anointing does, the anointing, the anointing of God leads you to do goods. Hallelujah. And to bring answers to people. In the book of Acts, chapter number 10, verse 38, they say, how God, come, come. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by Satan. For God was with him. The purpose of the anointing is to release those who are oppressed by Satan. You can't have the anointing upon you and the area where you are staying, people are bound. You need to avail yourself as a vehicle. Jesus went about. He was looking for those who were oppressed by Satan in order to do them good. They say because God was with him. Oh, the anointing. He was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. The mistake of a church is that they don't understand the dimension of power. Yes. The power that God is talking about, in the Greek language, they call it the dunamis. Hallelujah. And the meaning is the ability to cause changes. So God loads you with the ability to cause changes in a way that when people are broken and you come, hope has come. I say hope has come. So the anointing that God puts upon your life is to give hope to other people. But sometimes we are so focusing on ourselves that we fail to understand that the anointing is for a, a somebody. The anointing. I love the anointing. The second thing I want to do, I want to say, is that when you are anointed, it affects everything you touch. Yes. It affects everything you touch. Hallelujah. So it means you cannot be anointed. It means you can't be anointed and your hands are causing failure. Because the anointing causes everything to touch. You touch to prosper. Listen. We, I was reading the book of Acts chapter number 19 verse 12. The handkerchief and apron that touched the body of Paul 
were taken to the sick. And at the contacts of the handkerchief and apron, they were healed. So when Paul touched the handkerchief, they anointing an amamosa. Because the anointing takes on your identity. That's what you must know. So the devil will know this is your anointing. So he knew that this anointing in this handkerchief is the one of Paul. And he checked out. You see, when you are anointed, God grace your hands. And he turns your hands for war. But you know, if the anointing can rest on apron and handkerchief, what about you? The handkerchief does not have any wisdom or intelligence whatsoever. You are better than an handkerchief. I say you are better than an handkerchief. You are better than an handkerchief. God is looking for people. He's not looking for handkerchiefs. He's looking for you to put the anointing upon you. Many years ago, I went to a place and uh, there was a woman, an elder woman, and they took me to a place and she said, son, I want to show you something. Here, in Vipena, she took me to a garden and the tomatoes were big. And now everybody else was tagging, but her land was producing. And I asked her, Mama, what are you doing with your land? She said, son, I come, I sit here, and I talk to the ground. I touch the tomatoes, and they start to bloom. So all she does, she talks to the, tomato, to the tomatoes. She talks to the ground, and she says, I handle the plants with my hands. And because her hands is blessed, everything she touches is blessed. You can't be anointed and not cause changes. The anointing that God has given you is an anointing to change things around you. You need to understand that. You are an answer. The reason why it's not working is because you don't understand it. And you take, you take yourself too cheap. You don't know you are anointed. So you are looking for another anointing when God has given you the anointing. Hallelujah. Amen. The last point I want to say because of time I won't preach tonight. The anointing creates a magnetic field around you. Yeah. A field of power. Hallelujah. Listen, we're going to put these scriptures on the screen. Luke chapter number 6, verse 19. Luke 6, 19. Can we read there? Luke 6, 19. And then after that, we're going to pray and we'll go home. This is the conclusion of our pastor's conference. Luke 6, 19. 
They say, and the whole multitude sought to touch him, for power went out of him and healed them. Power. Jesus was a, 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 an island of power. When he was walking, power was going out. It was like a, 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 a let's say, a power supply. You see, if you put, you see the plug there. You see the plug there. If you can put a metal in there and you hold it here, what is going to happen to you? That is shock you. Because in there, there is power, but the power is controlled. Jesus was walking. And as he walks, power was around him. There was a woman with an issue of blood. She said, if I can touch her pastor, if I can only touch the aim of his garment, I know it will be because she knew that power affects everything we wear. So she said, I don't even need to touch him because power has affected already his garment. So I, and, and when she touched the aim of a garment, they said she was healed. And Jesus said, Somebody. Now, the mistake of Peter, Peter says, many people are touching you. But you say, someone, not people, someone. It means we can only, we can all touch him. But the touch alone does not produce results. There is a touch that pulls something out of him. It's that touch that comes with hunger and expectation. The woman had hunger and expectation. She said, she already states the end of the action. I will be healed. If I can touch him, I will be healed. And power responded. Jesus says, I perceived power has gone out of me. Meaning it was not planned. No, it was not planned. It means that the power was forced. It means that Jesus had no control of how to stop the power when there is expectation. It means, it means when you are hungry for him, you will draw power from him. Look at Bartimaeus. Jesus said, I, I do nothing unless I see the Father doing it. But he didn't see the Father healing Bartimaeus. He passed Bartimaeus because the Father was not doing anything there. But Bartimaeus says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped. He was in the Way for the business father, the father's business. He stopped. He said, bring him, bring him here. He said to Bartimaeus, what do you want? He said, I want to see. And he said, see. 
all these people, he said, your faith has made you well. Meaning, it was not Jesus' intention. It was a faith. I don't know what I'm saying. It was not his plan. It was a faith. When he went to heal the daughter of Jairus when she was dead, he didn't say her faith. Because she has no expectation, she was already dead. Hallelujah. He didn't say to everybody, your faith. The crippled men at the pool of Bethesda, did he tell him your faith has healed you? No, because it was Jesus seeing the Father doing it, and he did. But some people, he never saw the Father, but they forced it. So I don't know who you are. Maybe you feel like, maybe God has not called me. You can volunteer. No, you don't care what I'm saying. You can volunteer. Isaiah was a volunteer. He said, who, my, who shall I say? Isaiah said, Amen. He was at the right place at the right time. He saw the counsel of God. And he said, I am a volunteer. I'm not like Jeremiah where you said, before you were born, I knew you. Me, you didn't know me, but I know you. Me, you didn't design me for this, but I have seen your grace. So I'm coming willingly. And I say, if you can use somebody like me, I am available. So it's not all the people that God will say, before I designed you. Some of the people volunteer. And once God sees their willingness, he uses them like he used Isaiah. Remember, remember, Jeremiah never saw, he never saw the cherubs. But he was designed from the womb of his mother. A volunteer. Somebody that just volunteered, stepped into the arena of the inner circle of God. And because his heart was right, God says, I will use you. And then as I remembered, oh, it was not planned. So I didn't have time to sanctify my lips. He said, God, I live among unclean people. My lips are unclean. I can't be a prophet. God said, I'm going to touch your lips with coals from the altar. He said, I'm going to bring the altar to your presence. You are not going to construct an altar. I'm going to use my altar to... Not everybody built an altar for God. Some people, God built an altar for them. Jeremiah, as I came, he broke every protocol. You know, God likes people that break protocol. When I talk about protocol, I'm talking about the protocol of how God works in the kingdom. Look at, look at, I talk about the woman of the issue of blood. But look at the lady that has a, a daughter that was demon-possessed. She was a Canaanite woman. Listen, she was a Canaanite woman. It means that when God gave the land to Abraham and they killed all the people, some survived. And these people had descendants that were called the Canaanite. They were still there, but they were slaves to the Jews. So what happened? The woman, the Canaanite woman, heard that a Messiah has come. He's healing people. She comes as a slave. And she said, 
Master, my daughter. God, God, Jesus says, what do you have to do with me? This is the bread of the children for Israel. She said, when the children are eating and uh, the dogs are under the table, the camps that falls under the table feeds the dogs. Jesus said, woman, you have broken a protocol. He said, woman, this was designed for the Jews. But with vision and perception and precision, you attach my heart. Therefore, the bread that was supposed to be on the table, I throw it under the table. Yes. Yes. I throw it under the table for you. Say, at that very hour, the daughter was in. I'm here to provoke the church. I'm here to provoke you into stepping into a new level of grace. That even if you were not designed for that, you can apply grace. I'm not a great singer, but I apply grace. When I feel the anointing, I step into it. And with my broken voice, the anointing comes in the room. Because I'm a volunteer. Because my wife was designed for worship. I was not. When she's not there, I have to do something. Whoa. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, Let's read also Luke 8, 46. The anointing creates a, magnet, a magnetic field. Luke 8, 46. Are you still here with me? Yeah. Let's read Luke 8. Luke chapter number 8, verse 46. Wow, thank you, Holy Spirit. He said, but Jesus says, somebody touch me. And I perceive power going out of me. So Jesus couldn't stop the power from going. Because power is a messenger. Power is a messenger. And the messenger dwells in Christ. And Jesus saw the messenger going out. And he said, who ordained this? They say, a woman. A woman. But you don't understand the condition of a woman. Because for the woman to touch Jesus, she needs to take a risk. Because the law says that when you are in your period, you cannot touch people. So if you touch willingly people, you can be stoned to death. So the crowd was there. She used a weakness because she knew that the Jews would step aside. So she started from the back. I have an issue of blood. I have an issue of blood. I have an issue of... She was making her way to the master. How to use your weaknesses to touch the Lord's hearts. Because there was a big crowd. That Peter said, the crowd is thronging. But the woman came from the back. Announcing her weaknesses. And the crowd gave way. 
And she went and touched Jesus. And Jesus said, somebody has broken a protocol. You know, the Lord loves when you come to him and you confess your shortcomings. When I stand in front of the people, I say, I am anointed. I am full of the Holy Ghost. When I stand before God, I say, I have nothing, my Lord. If you are not going to do it, it will never happen. But why must I confess my weakness to you since you can't help me? So I know the altar on which to confess my weaknesses. But when I come from that altar, boy, don't play with me. Because I am fired up. Holy Spirit filled, fire baptizer. Because I laid at the feet of a master. Act chapter number 5, verse 15. Act 5, 15. Are you still blessed? Yes. Let's finish it off. Let's finish this thing off. Let's let learn this plan. Act 5, 15. They said, as a result, put it. So, they brought the sick out into the street and laid them on bed and couches that at least, somebody say at least, the shadow of Peter passing by may fall on some of them. What was in the shadow? What was in the shadow? I thought the shepherd says the shadow of death. But in the book of Acts, the shadow became a shadow of light and life. He said, when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me. In the book of Acts, he said, the shadow is a healer. See the connection. One shadow kills and another shadow gives life. When you are submitted to the Lordship of Christ, your shadow is empowered to give life, not to kill anymore. So now we are not walking in the valley of the shadow of death anymore. We are walking on the height of the shadow of life. Brought the sick. Say, let Peter's shadow touch them. All I'm talking about happens in the presence of God. So as a Christian, if you don't know, you carry the presence mess. But if you don't know how to connect to the source, you run dry. So there must be an altar from which you draw power. When you fill your car with tank, it's full. So the car can say, I'm full of petrol. But after a time, it needs to go back to the gas station. Doesn't matter how full of power you are, you need to go back to the supply so that it can fill you up. When you come out, you are full of the Holy Ghost. And when you go there, it fixes you again. And you come out, you are full of the Holy Ghost. Listen. Listen, if you meet somebody that is full of the Holy Ghost, his fullness will affect you. 
I want to show you the last example, and then we finish. 1 Samuel chapter number 10, 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel 10, we will read from verse 5 to 6, and then we will read verse 10. 1 Samuel 10, verse 5 to 6, and then we jump back to verse 10. Let's read. 1 Samuel 10, verse 5. <laughs> Some people are going to start to prophesy after this. Yes, you're going to see. He said, come back to the city, to the hill of God, where the Philistines gather. And it happened. When you, have, when you have come back to the city, that you will meet a group of prophets coming down from the high places with a string, instrument and tambourine and flute and harp before them. And they will be prophesying. Hallelujah. Which verse are we on now? Verses. Then the Spirit of the Lord came. Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. Saul was not a prophet, but he encountered prophets. And the environment of the prophetic caused him to prophesy. I don't know who you associate with, but there is power in association. There is power in association. Let's read verse 10. Verse 10. When they came there to the hill, there was a group of prophets to meet him. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon him and he prophesied among them. Somebody that was never a prophet walked to the group of prophets and the Spirit of the Lord came upon him and he started to prophesy. Let me tell you something. The anointing that you carry will affect the people around you. You don't need to be a prophet. You just need to be exposed to a prophet. Hallelujah. Haven't you realized that somebody with the heart of a shepherd, when he has a congregation, everybody tends to care because his heart is poured in them. The grace upon his life comes on the people. When you come to divine, everybody wants to say a word. You can go outside, you will see them. The Lord spoke to me, the Lord spoke to me. So we tell them, stop that. <laughs> we have to make announcement from the pulpit. Stop prophesying over people. Because they didn't understand. It was the environment. I have a son in the house many years ago. And I put him on my pulpit and he started to preach and he started to go with word of knowledge and prophecy like this. And one day he said, I have arrived. I travel overseas. When I came, I didn't see him. And when I looked for him, I phoned him. He said, I'm coming. And then he came to my house. He said, before you hear it from people, I'm telling you, I'm starting my own church. I said, blessed be the name of the Lord. Because the kingdom is expanding. So he said, are you releasing me? I said, with pleasure. He said, if it was my pastor back there, he would curse me. I said, me, I don't curse you. He stepped out of the place. When he got there, he thought he was a prophet. When he stood there, there was nothing. He didn't know that the environment 
He didn't know that the environment has conditioned him to prophesy. He thought he was called to prophesy, not knowing he was standing next to somebody with a grace. Be careful how you leave your mentors. Because you think you have it until you step away from that grace and then you realize uh -uh, something is wrong. Something is wrong, something is wrong, something is wrong. It is true. It is true. I see people that when they start the church, they close the church. I'm still here. They used to call themselves my sons. They thought the church is going to poof. When they went, choo, choo, choo. what is wrong? You left in the wrong way. You could have left in the right way and the grace would have carried on with you. So, young people, I'm sending you back to your mentors. If you left them the wrong way, I can prophesy over you, it will not work. The prophecy can be accurate, but the power will not activate to work. You need to go back and make rights so that you may position yourself for grace. I'm praying that God may bless you. Hallelujah. I say I pray that God may bless you. As we conclude this conference, I pray that God may bless you. I'm prophesying over you right now. I don't know what you came for. I don't know what you had. But I prophesy now grace and a turn around in your life in the name of Jesus. I stand on the wings of prophecy. I stand on the wings of prophecy. And I speak a turn around in your life in the name of Jesus. I speak a turn around in your life in the name of Jesus. I speak right now grace, expansion in your life in the name of Jesus. Where you are limited, I break the bond of limitation so that you may go and, and expand. I pray that the Mimshak anointing that I talk about may be your portion. That everything that was blocking your way by the apostolic mandate upon my head, I take it off in the name of Jesus. I take it off in the name of Jesus. I say I take it off in the name of Jesus. And I pray that you may increase, you may increase, you may increase and never decrease. May grace be your portion. May the anointing be your portion. May the anointing be your portion. Jacob blessed his children and that blessing we are still enjoying it. Hallelujah. And I'm here to bless you that the spirit of the Lord may be at home in your life. I say the spirit of the Lord may be at home in your life. I cancel the orphan spirit in the name of Jesus. I stand against the orphan spirit and I take it out from you in the name of Jesus. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. And I pray that the spirit of sonship may come upon you right now. The spirit of sonship may come upon you right now. That you may belong. Because some of you, you don't feel like you belong anywhere. I ripped that mentor upon your life. I put the garment of grace and I ripped apart the garment of shame right now in the name of Jesus. That you may go and prosper. I speak right now life over you. I speak life over you. I speak life over you. I speak life over you. 
among the people of your generation, you shall be the head, not the tail. I said you shall be the head, not the tail. You shall be the head, not the tail. When people are saying there is a casting down, you will say there is a lifting up. Hey, and you will hear a voice behind you who will tell you, this is the way and follow it. For the anointing of grace is upon your life. You're receiving right now grace right now. You're receiving grace. You're receiving grace right now. You're receiving grace. I say you are receiving grace right now. In the name of Jesus, you are receiving grace. 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 In the name of Jesus. <laughs> Some people think it's a joke. They don't understand anything of the prophetic. The best prophetic word is not when I call your name. The best prophetic word is when I stand in the power of decree. Because the Bible says, you shall decree a thing and shall be established. And if you know how to buy into the spirit of decree, nothing shall be impossible. So I'm decreeing right now, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I saw somebody that came to a season of dryness, and you are wondering why things are so dry. By the anointing of the Holy Ghost, I'm saying a season of rain is coming upon your life. By the anointing of the Holy Ghost, a refreshing season is coming upon your life. It's coming upon your life. It's coming upon your life. I see somebody in the spirit, you are having miscarriages. It means whenever God prophesies over you, you go home and that thing falls flat. I curse the spirit of miscarriage. And right now I say, you will deliver the baby that God has promised to you. You will deliver that ministry that God has promised to you. You will not, you will not fail anymore because you are a winner. You are a winner. No more failure. No more failure. No more failure. No more failure. You go to places and people are fighting for you for no reason. Right now, I take that affliction away from you. And I say, people will celebrate you. People will celebrate you. People will celebrate you. People will celebrate you. When you go, people will celebrate you because of the grace of the Lord upon your life. There's a turnaround in your life. I say there's a turnaround in your life. By virtue of this conference, there's a turnaround in your life. There's a turnaround in your life. And the angel of the Lord is going with you. And the angel of the Lord is going for you. The grace of the Lord has appeared to you. Therefore, you shall no longer be the same. Receive that in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Give a big hand to our Lord.